You're listening to a recording of a live radio show on NPR News. If you want to listen to us in real time, you can stream our show live weekdays at 9 and 11 a.m. Central. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. First to the political junkie, Ken Rudin. Welcome, Ken. How are you? It's been a long week, hasn't it? Wow. Lots of news. LeBron James. Isn't LeBron James the most evil and stupidest person on the (laughs) face of the earth? That's that's what I heard from Donald Trump. Uh, He's been tweeting. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Tearing down LeBron James. I don't know why. Do do they have some history? They they must. Yeah. Well, no. Well, yes. uh, LeBron James did criticize the president in a tweet. And, of course, when you criticize the president, the president would always respond in kind times 10. So that's exactly what explained that 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 fracas. But, you know, and of course, he threw in that thing at the end. I like Mike means I guess he means he's still rooting for Michael Jordan, assuming Michael Jordan is still playing basketball. I think I like Will Chamberlain, too, but I don't think he's playing anymore. (laughs) Yeah. And I think Michael Jordan actually tweeted in support of LeBron James. So, yep. And that is the sum total of my sports knowledge right there. That's it. <laughs> well, the Twins won their fourth in a row, and uh, the Yankees lost to the Red Sox. Okay, row, so, uh, good to know. So, so, and yeah, the president is still tweeting, and he's tweeting about the 2016 Trump Tower meeting yes. being about Clinton dirt. So it, talk, talk to us about the implications of this, Ken. Why does it matter? Well, first of remember at the time, uh, they, they came out with this concoction that the reason Donald Trump uh, Jr. and Paul Manafort and uh, Jared Kushner and others met with this Russian national was to talk about adoption, which nobody bought at all. And as it turned out, the Trump, the, the, the president tweeted over the weekend, that, well, of course, of course we met with the Russians. We wanted to get information on an opponent. That's what it's totally legal. And you know, anybody would have taken that meeting. Anybody. Yeah. Now, of course, one, it is illegal to, to for a campaign to work to accept any kind of help from a foreign government or a foreign national. Two, I believe that when Al Gore was offered some offered some dirt. Uh, about the George W. Bush campaign in 2000. Oh, that's he right. He immediately reported to the FBI. I forgot about that. Yeah. yeah. That's why you need me on your show. That's why <laughs> yeah. we're going to be on the state fair. That's right. That's why, uh, right to there. Talk about, to talk about Richard Nixon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, But, I mean, it's illegal to do that. And for the president to say, look, of course you want to get information, uh, a scurrilous information about your opponent, but not from Russians and not from a foreign government. And... The argument that it's legal and it's done all the time is pretty beyond the pale, of course. I, I, don't, I don't know if you watch some of the greatest hits, quote unquote, from the weekend rally that the president did. Was he in Pennsylvania? Is that is that where he most was of this... Lou, Lou, Lou Barletta, who's a congressman running against Bob Casey for the Senate. Yes. Wow. The things he was saying about Maxine yes. Waters, just they're disgusting. I, I, there's just why, no other Waters word other for the... this. And she's African-American and female. And is that a coincidence? I don't know, because so many of the attacks are on women and people of color. Why do that? And do you think people in Hazeltown, Pennsylvania, Hazleton, Pennsylvania, uh, know who, who Maxie Waters is, let alone cares who she is? I don't, it doesn't make sense to me. And, and think but that she's a quote-unquote low IQ person. I just, oh, I, I, oh, I, oh. I think it's disgusting, and I don't understand why and, and Republicans the audi- don't speak out. I just don't. And watch how, and watch how the audience just—they eat it up. They just eat up everything, and they they repeat it. 
and I mean, we saw that Jim Acosta stuff from CNN with with these little. I mean, they, they brought in these little children at the rally with CNN sucks T-shirts. The the little children were wearing. It was just the the venom is just. It, look, it's all at the base. It's all directed at the base. It's all directed at November sixth. But there's got to be some kind of what sanity, yeah, sanity, and we're not seeing it. Uh, there was an interesting piece in the Garden uh, Guardian in which uh, journalist David Smith writes about how uh, midterm candidates are imitating Trump and his style. And here's what Smith writes: copycat tactics ahead of November's midterm elections include flaunting political incorrectness, courting controversy for its own sake, blasting out inflammatory tweets in uppercase, railing against fake news in local media, never backing down or saying sorry, trafficking in conspiracy theories and denigrating rivals with tags evocative of crooked Hillary. Do we have any sense, Ken, as to whether these copycat, Trump copycats, are are looking pretty decent in the polls, whether it's working. Well, it seems to be working in Republican primaries. We've seen that Republicans who've been endorsed by the president have done very well, if not more often than not, win the primaries. But we're also looking at something like Corey Stewart, who was the Republican nominee for the Senate in Virginia oh, against Tim wow. Kaine, who's, who, who, who basically he's running as a pro-Confederacy. I mean, he was born in Minnesota, for goodness sakes, as was Tim Kaine. Yeah. But anyways, so he's running as a pro-Confederacy. He's meeting with white nationalists, which he says is a fake name, is a made-up name, because there's no such thing as a white nationalist. He's working with people. He's, he's getting influ- uh, endorsed by people who endorse the tactics used at the Charlottesville hate rally uh, in Virginia, you know, last year. So it just, so Corey Stewart is losing by double digits. So I don't know if it matters whether they win or lose. They just want to, you know, rile up the base, excite the base, uh, anger people. And then, and then they have something to, 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 you know, I always thought that, First of all, I always thought that Donald Trump was going to lose in 2016, but that his base would still be very motivated and be angry and just, you know, spew venom for the next four years. Little did I know that they would continue to spew venom, but with their ally in the White House. Uh, Did you here's what's puzzling to me when you look at I hear what you're saying about the Republican base, but have you seen some of the polling for you know, the general election matchup for these people that are, are you know, kind of Trump mini-me's. And then what happens when they have to appeal to an independent uh, part of the electorate or, I don't know, some disaffected Democrats? The numbers are really daunting. What are they looking at? Well, that's why we that's why I think what's happening tomorrow in uh, the northern uh, Columbus, Ohio suburbs, uh, is going to be very indicative and perhaps a harbinger of what happens in November. It's a special election for a seat that the Democrats last won in 1980. Before that, 1936, it's a it's a House seat that John Kasich used to have. Uh, it's, a, it's a vacancy. It's an open seat. And right now, the polls show a dead even. And of course, the Democratic candidate will say that I won't vote for Nancy Pelosi and 
and you know Nancy Pelosi becomes a, a just like Newt Gingrich became a signature issue for the Democrats in the 1990s. Uh, Nancy Pelosi would become one for the Republicans. But again, just like with Connor Lamb in Pennsylvania, if the Democrats win this seat tomorrow in Columbus, Ohio, Ohio's 12th district, uh-huh. again people will be saying that. That some even in Trump country, and this is a district that Trump won by 11 points in 2016, even if the Democrats start winning these races, it's something that the Republicans should be very nervous about in November. Ken Rudin is with us, the political junkie as he is on most Mondays. If you have a question for him, we have time to get one in. 651-227-6800-242-2828 and on Twitter at Carrie NPR. I don't want to miss the uh, the importance of the press conference that was held last week with all of the security agencies, all emphasizing that Russia was targeting our election system in 2018, only to have the president undermine what his own cabinet members and leaders said about Russia a few hours later at a rally. But, Ken, talk to me first about the significance of having them all get up and make statements and answer questions. It is remarkable, one, that they are speaking independently of their president, but it's also remarkable that the president is completely ignoring his intelligence officials. The fact that Dan Coats and others in the Department of Justice and the intelligence apparatus in this country are saying that what Russia did in 2016 is real. The fact that what they're planning to do in 2018 is real, and the fact that it could happen again in 2020 is real as well. So they're saying it's really it's really out there. We need to be vigilant. Very little was done in the in the aftermath of 2016 to make sure it doesn't happen again. And so they're, they're all out there united. And then when you have the president throwing the entire intelligence apparatus under the bus, I I hate that expression, throwing under the bus, but we keep saying it because that's what the president does over and over again. The people who were there to help him govern are being, their views are just being this, you know, just thrown, ignored because the president knows best. So it's remarkable that even after all the intelligence agencies have proven what Moscow is up to, what they did in 2016, what they plan to do this year, the president is still disavowing them. Remarkable. Ken, we had somebody call about something that uh, that I'm really glad they brought up. Tim is asking if you can talk more about the QAnon phenomenon. We, we're seeing people you know, at Trump rallies with these signs. Uh, he wonders how much, do you know where it comes from? I don't. I've read a little bit of it. Um, I should be. Re- I should have read more before today's conversation. I have read some things. Some There are some good newspaper articles that are, that are trying to explain it. I still don't understand it completely. Yeah. My understanding is it takes what the Russian kind of disinformation uh, plans are even further and calls into question, you know, legitimate sourcing, a lot of conspiracy theories, very powerful in a certain area on the Web. Yeah. Is, is that... Does that fit with That's what you know? That's my understanding. Look, the, the fact is the president has even said that the reason he denigrates the, the media day in and day out, minute in a minute, minute out, is because once you do that, once you say it's fake news, once you say they're liars, then, then everything they uncover is suspect. So when you have the American people suspecting and not trusting uh, the, the media for what they have to say about Donald Trump, uh, it, it serves his purpose. So these groups are part of this this. 
this conspiracy to make basically to make everything else that the news uh, media and everybody else are reporting is fake. And um, and so if you don't know whom to trust, if you don't know whether to trust anybody, it it's, it's cert- certainly satisfies their their purpose. A call from Mike in Crosby. Hi, Mike. Your question for Ken. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Um, my question is, why don't more commentators and editorialists uh, use the term propaganda when analyzing uh, Trump's speaking style? Is, is that how you describe it, Ken? Propaganda, well, you know, I think even going further than Mike, I, I'm wondering why so many people refuse to say the word lies. I, I mean, that, that almost sounds like so many people saying, well, it, 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 he's bending the truth or there are falsehoods. I mean, it, it is propaganda if you're basically absolving a foreign country that seems to be doing whatever it can to undermine American democratic ideals. So, I mean, I guess that is propaganda. But what about the lies that go on every day? And this is not, again, this is not a, being a Democrat or a Republican. It's just somebody who just has respect for common decency in American politics. And you're not seeing it from this administration. You know, it's. Start- I, I, sound, I sound like a. I sound like an Air America lefty, and I'm not. <laughs> I just. No, it just. It's, it's driving me crazy because why are so many Republicans silent? I mean, more and more are speaking out, but most of the people who are speaking out are not seeking re-election. Derek uh, just tweeted to say QAnon is a conspiracy theory of hero worship surrounding Trump. Oh, I didn't know that. There's a great episode of the Daily. Yeah. Do you ever listen to the Daily, the uh, the New York I Times? I, 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 it's really I'm, good. Oh, the Daily. No, I it's, I have heard it several times. It's very good. Yeah. Um. Uh. Regarding it from last week. Okay. So uh, maybe I will try to find the link to the Daily episode on that and tweet that out. Call for you here, Ken from Aaron in St. Paul. Hi, Aaron. Hi. This is. It's actually Garen, but that's okay. Oh, I'm sorry about that. That's all right. So my comment is, I know I'm listening to this, and a lot of this sounds like the the pot calling the kettle black because I, there's no shortage of venom being spewed from both sides. And as an independent, I just feel like uh, you know, kind of stuck in the middle, like you know, no place to really land. And uh, I think the actions of both sides are really very abhorrent right now, actually. What, what, what is it that you find deeply objectionable about how Democrats are responding, Darren? Or Well, it's just, you know, everyone just flies into hysterics on both sides at the, at the least, um, you know, at the least infractions as they perceive them. And uh, instead of listening, everyone has just started spouting these, uh, I don't know, these it's almost like talking points every time something comes up from I, both sides. I can see why it feels that. I mean, the whole media environment can feel superheated. I, I, along with Darren, don't like it when there's a bunch of people opining on, you know, the cable news channels about the excessiveness of the, you know, it, it does all feel noisy and kind of... Um, it's hard to penetrate the noise and really understand what's happening. Well, first of all, is it Garen? Is it Garen or? Yes. Sorry about Garen, that. Okay. Jeez. I'm, so, I'm, uh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry. But 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 I agree. I hate the fact that it's become Trump versus the media. Do uh, am I going to be a child and say he started it? Well, I think he did start it. Anytime you go before an American an audience and saying that the 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 media is the enemy of the American people and point to them saying liar liar liar, it just 
I, I do see that the media responding in kind, which is very disappointed. I'm just wondering if maybe we should just stop covering Sarah Sanders and all these kind of just untruth that you get day in yeah. and day out and just focus on what re- reality is. But I agree with Garen in the sense that there is an ugliness on. I'm not going to do a Charlottesville here, but the fact is that there is over the top rhetoric coming up from both sides. Do I think it's equally bad? I do not. But the and the thing that feels so different and so disorienting is the way President Trump lies without seeming to care about it or know the difference. I mean, there are some things that he says that are just out and out untruthful. And it's been pointed out to him that it's untruthful and he doesn't care. And again, I'm in responding to what Garen says. I know that the, the the left will, you know, eviscerate him for the things he says. But somebody needs to stand up and saying this is not the way politics. If you think of Nixon and Obama and Clinton and Reagan and all the criticisms you had of these presidents, it wasn't like this. It wasn't just out and out falsehoods that... You say with impunity, and there's, and he feels that there's absolutely nobody or no, there's nothing to apologize for. And then obviously the ultimate verdict will be on November 6th and again in 2020, but it's just never seen anything like this. I think it was John Dean or, or maybe it was Bob Woodward who said that, that you can't even compare it to presidents of the past. This is the worst they've ever seen. Ken, Kim and Mallory came to the rescue with the link to uh, to this podcast, and I think it's well worth a listen. Yeah. And if you miss The Daily, by the way, we air it at 6.30 every evening on NPR News. Ken, thank you. Really good to have you on the show, and I'll talk with you again soon. Carrie, I'm so depressed. Okay, bye. <laughs> Ken Rudin. This was a recording of a live radio show on NPR News. To add your voice to our discussion, you can call in at 800-242-2828 or tweet Carrie at K-E-R-R-I-N-P-R. And if you miss us live, you'll find all of our shows by subscribing to this podcast. If you have questions, you can email us at talk at NPR.org.